0: So what's the next possible career move to consider after you've served several years as a CISO in healthcare? I'm Marianne Kolbisak-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Jeff Cobb, who until recently served as CISO at Capella Healthcare, a Tennessee-based operator of community hospitals across the U.S. GTCR, a private equity firm that owned Capella recently sold Capella Healthcare to Medical Properties Trust, a real estate investment firm. Jeff recently left his CISO job at Capella to take on a new consulting role with Worldwide Technology, a $7 billion privately held firm based in St. Louis. Jeff will describe how his experience as a healthcare CISO helped prepare him for his new role. Jeff, when did you join Worldwide Technology? Tell us a little bit about what the company does, and was your decision to leave Capella at all related to the recent sale of Capella?
1: Worldwide Technology, as you mentioned, is a $7 billion technology global integrator based in St. Louis. We do many things. There's technology resale that's very similar to what a lot of companies do, but differentiators are the advanced technology center, the level of, integration facilities that we have, and consulting services, advisory services, the additional support on top of the technology. My decision to leave Capella was really predicated on a career choice. This is the side of the career field that I've thought about doing for quite a while, and I've got a little bit of an entrepreneurial spirit to me, so it was a way to branch out and and scratch that. So it wasn't related at all to any of the transactions that have transpired at Capella.
0: So now, Jeff, what will you be doing in your new consulting role, and how has your experience as a healthcare CISO prepared you for this new role?
1: Yeah, Worldwide is made of essentially eight practices, spanning networking, mobility, cloud, big data, all the way into security, which is the group I am in. I'm part of the national security practice. That practice is essentially split into two. We have an advisory services function, which is where I'm currently positioned, Think of that function as a former practitioners like myself that provide program management, governance risk compliance, oversight and advisory. We do all kinds of different assessment work, things of that nature. And then we have a technical counterpart to our organization inside the practice that are the hands-on technical subject matter experts. Uh, We develop a lot of different solutions both proactively and in in response to customer requests for things like proof of concepts labs as a service that we do out of our advanced technology
0: center. So Jeff, will you be doing consulting primarily in the healthcare sector? And again, how has your experience as a healthcare CISO prepared you for this new role?
1: Yeah, we definitely, within worldwide as a whole, we have a focus on healthcare. Now, that being said, we span all different kinds of industries. We work with a lot of the top Fortune 1,000, Fortune 500 type companies. But my background does lend itself to to take what we do today and focus it a little bit more intentionally on healthcare. And I think the role of the CISO has has, has been well documented. You you've had other interviews and publications based on this information as well is that it's a lot more business-driven function, a lot more data-driven, information-driven function. 15, 20 years ago, it was primarily centered on technology. It was firewalls, it was antivirus software, those types of things. And over time now, there's much more of a business mindset because it involves a lot of different things outside of technology. You've got to understand business goals and objectives. You've got to understand what executive management wants to do. You have to understand process and workflow. So it's taking the business side combined with the technology side that I think is one of the things that I can definitely bring from my practitioner experience into worldwide. And it's nice because our our practice can handle all those different things. And we, we have the type of people and resources to bridge technology and business technology and process together to make better integrated solutions that solve complex problems.
0: Jeff, going back to your work there as a CISA within the healthcare sector, Looking ahead to next year, what do you think some of the biggest privacy and security challenges will be facing the healthcare sector?
1: There's not a week that goes by that you don't see something in news flashes, publications, or, or whatnot, just related to the different issues and struggles that is facing all industries, but healthcare being a focus. So I think it's a lot the same thing. But I think the, the main thing I was trying to do at Capella. Is change the way we were thinking about security, moving away from more of a controls driven type of program to more of a business and data driven program. And what I mean by that is the the controls are still important at the end of the day. It's not like we're ripping out firewalls. It's not like, you know, we don't need antivirus software encryption, things of that nature. But what we were trying to do is spend a lot more time on the readiness and awareness side, truly understanding our environment, understanding the different risks that face us. There's a lot more data today available with external threat data, I'm trying to do a better job of internal assessment and analysis of environmental risk and things of that nature. And then on the back side, trying to get more information out of the infrastructure, out of different components and systems to do a better job with analysis and detection. At the end of the day, if we had an unlimited budget, we can't make all of the risk and all the pain go away. So it's how can we get enough information to try to do things more systematically on the front end but then on the back end try to have a higher level of detection to shorten time frames of a compromise so you know one of the recent ones that was announced I think they said the time frame was well over a year the network had been compromised and data had been leaving uh, leaving that network so it's all about trying to shorten that time frame trying to identify and respond better than we ever have before
0: What's your best career advice to wannabe CISOs, information security professionals in the healthcare sector, but perhaps in other sectors as well, who sort of have their ambitions set on one day being a chief information security officer within an organization?
1: I think for me there's a couple of things that that go with those decisions. I think first, you know, everybody has to sit down and, and just try to figure out with themselves personally what they really want to do. A lot of people think that, you know, the move from say the technical side up to a manager or a director and then from there is the career progression that you should take. And, and you've got to step back and really understand why you want to do those things and understand what that entails uh, as you shift from more of that technical hands-on focus to more of the business side it's sometimes kind of hard to leave the technical pieces behind but in addition there, there's a whole set of things that start to hit your plate that you may not you may not know or understand or consider at first whether it's you know managing budgets whether it's hr uh, staffing. I mean, that's a big topic of conversation within security: is the shortage of skilled talent, or how to go find the good talent, kind of thing. And again, it's a lot more it's a lot more business driven. Uh, in addition to you, you really do have to be comfortable with the fact that you know any given day you walk in, something could happen. Uh, there could be a compromise. There could be something going on, and your executive management is going to turn and look at you for answers, for response, for remediation, all those things. So not to scare people off, but there is a little bit of pressure there because you see your, your friends and colleagues and counterparts going through those things. And my approach has always be, you know, it's going to be a matter of time before it hits me as well. I think the other thing, too, is it's always good to have people around you from a mentorship and support perspective. I'm very fortunate to uh, have a lot of good connections here in the, in the Nashville IT and security community A lot of trusted colleagues that I can reach out to and bounce ideas off of. You know, we sit around after work and talk shop. Everybody kind of shares their experience, thoughts, and concerns. And and that level of collaboration and, again, mentorship uh, has been very instrumental in me making different moves over my career and putting me in a position to do something like the position I've taken at Worldwide.
0: So now you just transitioned into a new role. What's your best career advice to other CISOs that might be looking to transition into other jobs related to InfoSec or perhaps not related to InfoSec?
1: Well, I think as you you have more experience, uh, you get older in life, you know, your perspective changes. I think one of the important things for me, regardless of staying on the practitioner side or getting into the consulting side like I chose to do, is a company fit and culture. It's that type of thing, at least for me, that has become more important over time. There's jobs that from the day-to-day, from the roles and responsibilities that are outlined in job recs and things of that nature that are very similar, I think it comes down to understanding an organization's culture, understanding the people, understanding how you fit within that culture, within that type of organization, and truly understand if it's a place that you can go and develop the relationships with the internal people to, again, build a program or in my case to move into a company that, that does technology and consulting where I'm working with all kinds of different people. That aspect is very, very important in my mind.
0: So now, Jeff, you also mentioned that there is a skills shortage as we know within the InfoSec world, also in healthcare. Any advice to organizations on how to develop those resources if they can't find them from the outside?
1: I think one of the issues, and it was a challenge for me at Capella as well, just with the pressures on budget, healthcare has gone through all kinds of transformation from reimbursement rates and how all of that is changing from the meaningful use incentive programs and how you know, you're getting revenue and things. Budgets start to get a little tight and it's to do more with less. And typically one of the first things that are cut from budgets or at least reduced in budgets are your professional development type things. And I fought very hard to try to keep some semblance of that in our budget at Capella. Just from the mindset of at the end of the day that I felt that was one of my roles is to help mentor and put people in position to be successful and, and help them to continue to improve with the ultimate goal that they are better off down the road than the day they walked in the door. And then that way, if there are, whether it's upward mobility within an organization that they could take advantage of or it's simply time for them to take a different direction in their career, you kind of help position them to, to do those different things and to advance and move forward. So I, I would say, first and foremost, keeping an eye on investing back in people from that mentorship professional development perspective. And then I do think that's the second thing is, you, you know, you have to have the type of leadership within your organization that can do that. I mean, there are some people that you know, manage resources just simply from the standpoint of HR, right, approving time cards, doing your annual reviews, uh, having a meeting once a month, those types of things. But are they really getting to know their people, and are they trying to help put together a, you know, a roadmap or at least a progression for the people that they manage within an organization.
0: And finally, Jeff, as we know, mergers and acquisitions are common in the healthcare sector as well as in other sectors, and you've just lived through one. Any career advice for the information security professionals at organizations that are undergoing a merger or an acquisition? Any advice to the information security leaders of those organizations as they go through these transitions?
1: I think the first thing that comes to my mind isn't necessarily specific to InfoSec personnel It's probably personnel in general. And I would say one of the first, the, the biggest things for me is just keeping an open mind. Um, you know, outside of Capella, I've been on both sides. I've been a part of companies that do a lot of the acquiring. I've been a part of companies that have gotten acquired, and you have to assimilate into a new environment. And I can say I've been very fortunate that, that those, for the most part, have worked out in my favor. Uh, I have friends that, you know, it tends to turn out a different way. But it's keeping an open mind. It's being patient and just trying to understand where the organization is going. And ultimately, it's kind of up to you to, again, take that look internally to decide, is this the type of culture, is this the type of environment, is it the type of role I want to be in, or is it time to maybe consider other options that might be around you? You know, it's real easy any time of change to kind of hit the panic button and to think the worst. And, you know, a lot of people go down the road of, well, we're getting acquired. That means there's going to be reductions and things of that nature. And that's not always necessarily the case. I'm not saying that that doesn't happen. We all know that those things happen in situations like that. But I I think it's just kind of standing firm and being patient and and waiting for things to develop a little bit so you get a true sense of what's going to happen uh, and then take that information and and ultimately decide the best course of action for you personally.
0: Thanks, Jeff. I've been speaking to Jeff Cobb. I'm Marianne Kolbesek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.